Hello, Trash Crusaders. Welcome to Save Trash Cinema, the podcast where exploitation and exploration come together. It is I, your guide through trash cinema, everyone's favorite dumpster boy, Cayman Darty. And on today's episode, we're delighted to bring to you a very special interview with a special effects guru and indie filmmaker, Kieran Reed. Kieran has worked on films such as Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, World War Z, Alien Covenant, and many, many more. While that is an accomplishment in and of itself, we have him here today to talk about his brand new short film, All You Can Eat, a toxic burrito love story. Not a love story. It is a love story. (laughs) (laughs) Worry not, I am not alone today as I am bringing on the Queen of Ranch, Liz, the mouth of the South McLean. That's me. I'm here two weeks in a row. Put it on your bingo cards. Hell yeah, brother. Before we dive too far in, let's do a little quick housekeeping. We love it if you rate and review the podcast on your podcast app of choice. Don't forget, you can be on the show by submitting movie recommendations or by being a guest host by emailing us at savetrashcinema.gmail.com or you can DM us on Twitter or Instagram at savetrashcinema. Make sure to check out last week's episode where we ratcheted up the blood and the nudity to 11 when we cover the 1982 shot classic, Pieces. We'll be continuing to release mini-sodes, crossover episodes, interviews, and even game shows. So give your eyes peeled for some exciting content coming down the pipeline. But enough about that. Let's get the show on the road. Kieran Reed, everyone. Time for lunch, munch, munch. Time for a munch. Crunch, crunch, munch, munch. Crunch, crunch, munch, munch, crunch. Thank you for coming on to the show. We are so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> More like. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's late. You're out in the UK. It's late. And uh, we're all sharing a beer in solidarity together. And honestly, like I got to say, this is the life, guys. This is the life. <laughs> That's what we like to call living. <laughs> right. Everyone drinking right now. Yeah. Yes, we are. Let's do it. Yeah, this might be the first interview I've actually drank during, but I'm here for it. I think we're setting the bar now. Really? Going oh, interview. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. episode. I was like, that's a lie. <laughs> yeah, definitely the the St. Patty's Day episode for Leprechaun 2. I'm pretty sure I yeah. could have been hospitalized by the end of that episode. <laughs> yeah. So, but enough about me and my hospitalization or my drinking problem. Kieran, we've been chatting back and forth for honestly what feels like forever now. Uh, and, and I've been waiting on pins and needles for the release of your self-described schlock trash short film, <laughs> All You Can Eat. And while I'm excited to dig into the mutant burrito gore fest, I want to take a step back in time and discuss a little bit about your origins as a filmmaker. Now, you have a multitude of special effects credits for a myriad of blockbuster films. So I want to ask a question. How did you get into the film industry, especially making into the film industry for special effects? Um, it's by accident. Yeah, I just sort of walked into a place. I was an illustrator and uh, I was looking for for some work at a company and just happened to be at Pinewood Studios. And I've been a big Hammer House horror fan for when I was a kid. It was like, holy shit, is at Pinewood Studios. So those days you could walk into the studios and just sort of wander around. 
and I wandered in and uh, I went into this company and it was totally the wrong company. It was, it was a big mistake. It was, they just had uh, yeah, the wrong name. And I went up these really short, uh, narrow flight of stairs and at the top was Pinhead. And the company was Image Animation that did uh, Hellraiser. No shit. Yeah, so I went, I want to work here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would that, is, that is amazing. Now, this was back, I mean, Hellraiser was, well, that was mm, not early. What It was probably like early to mid 80s. Yeah. Now, I got this to meet. Was, so I got there about 90. Okay. 1990 or something like that. So they've done it already. It's a shame because I'm not that old. So not quite that old. <laughs> <laughs> but it would have been cool to work on that film. I know the people that did. So that's, that's just amazing. So yeah, cool. I met uh, I met Doug Bradley. Oh, what was it? I think it was last year. I met him at a horror convention, and oh, uh, really? just the sweetest guy in the world. Just He's such a, just, yeah, just such a brilliant person. Just a really sweet, sweet individual. So you well, made it in. Um, I was at a, I was at a uh, screening for some for a film called uh, Prometheus, some horror film on a an oil rig, and um, I went to the toilet. I was just having a piss, and I looked next to me, and there's Pinhead. That's the first time I met him. <laughs> God, that's so, uh, cool. As funny as it is, that's actually how I met Sid Haig for the first time. Oh, really? I was wow. just pissing in the stall next to him. Uh, I said Tutti <laughs> fucking Fruity the wrong way, apparently. So, obviously, he had to correct me in the true Captain Spaulding fashion and inform me the right way. We were both dick in hand, standing next to in urinals. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's incredible. I did funnily enough, that's not the only celebrity I've met in a urinal. I met Lance Henriksen in a urinal as well. I, I just apparently that's just how things work uh in the horror industry. That's where you meet your heroes in the bathroom. <laughs> so so you stumble into to image and you you're like, okay, here we are, and then all of a sudden your career just continues oh, no, no, no. It's, so it's how, how okay so i want to know give me the dirt how does this happen how do you end up doing what you do well i mean yeah it's just it's like anything else because if if you love it enough then you're going to bury yourself in it and i really just buried myself in it straight any if they wanted cups of tea made i made cups of tea like the by the dozen you know and i, and I think for a start for the first two weeks or something i worked for nothing and uh, lived on a friend's couch. But it was only like two weeks before all of a sudden, like a little job came in. And they went, right, we can pay you for this one. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Which was even better. It's like, Jesus, yeah, I love some of that. So <laughs> and that was a film called um, Killer Tongue. Okay. Uh, yeah. Dig that one out. That's worth looking at, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, if you can find. In fact, I've got a Killer Tongue here. Yeah, I'll show you that later. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's uh, honestly the second part that I love about these is when people break out stuff from their collection because uh, uh, we do get to see some just weird random shit, and I'm I'm excited to see that. Now, Liz, <laughs> now Liz, I know that you had some questions about his special effects I history did. as well. Um. So, um, yeah, I just kind of want to pick your brain here for a second. Um. So <sighs> I know obviously that you have some um background in special effects, and then we also are here to talk about um directing and producing for um all you can eat um so i'm just kind of curious on if directing and producing kind of checks those same like creative boxes 
that um, special effects does for you? Or is it kind of like the left and the right brain, like completely separated type thing? It is now. When I was working for Image Animation and doing the um, low budget horror films, mm-hmm. it was that was that was in my element. But the the, the I mean, it's probably going to like burst people's bubbles. But I, when you get to the massive Rogue Ones and uh, World War Zs, you're a small cog in a in a yeah. big machine, and. And you, you kind of like it almost becomes a bit more. You need you need something else to get that creative spurt back, and and that's kind of why I started making short films to, to get back to, yeah, ground level. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious. So, you know, we're talking about like you know moving on up, and you've you know you've worked on like with Brendan Fraser and mummy doing special effects for movies like that. So you've done like a, a wild array of them. A lot of them being sci-fi action. Like what, what genre of film when you're doing special effects, like what genre do you tend to like to spend the most time with or which one do I, I suppose you get the most fulfillment working on? Well, it's, I like to be busy. So they're <laughs> kind of, they're kind of like, yeah, uh, when we get films which are uh, special effects light, it it can drag a little. You know, you kind of like you got one one or two little gags that you got to work on. But when you got like um, yeah, like the Mummy, that was a long time ago. But yeah, there's lots of lots of things to do on that, and it's 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 genre that brings those in. I mean, obviously, you're not going to get it in a period drama so much, but you do. You know, there are bits in there. So, um. Oh, I can't remember what the question was. <laughs> What's my favourite genre for it? Um, I Someone asked me, if, if since releasing All You Can Eat, a lot of people say, so you're a massive horror fan. It's like, yeah, I am a massive horror fan, but I'm also a massive genre film fan, any kind of genre film. I think uh, escapism is brilliant. The more escapism in the film, the better. So sci-fi, horror. I haven't got one. Sorry, Ken. Oh, no, no, that's <laughs> I said there was going to be no hard hitting questions, but sometimes you got to slip one or two in there. Yeah, now, we're liars. <laughs> <laughs> as we've as we've discussed, you made the leap from big budget blockbuster films to behind the camera for a smaller budget, a trash cinema, a short film with all you can eat, a toxic burrito story. Now, the film itself. It follows a young waitress working at a fast food burrito joint who uncovers a, let's say, less than savory set of experiments being cooked up, pun definitely intended, by her co-worker. Uh, from there, her suspicions are fulfilled in a blood-soaked finale that pits our hapless protagonist against a horde of mutated and hungry, once again, pun intended, burritos. Now, the film, to me, it reminds me of a love child between something like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes as well as Deadly Spawn, which is one of my personal favorite trash cinema films of all time. Um, But with that being said, the film is teeming with the late 70s, early 80s, when insert random thing or object or food or animal attacks sort of films. So I'm curious, what did you draw inspiration from when creating All You Can Eat? Um, all you can eat itself is a is a was it? It's a, um, a snippet from a full feature script. I wrote this feature script quite a long time ago, and um, 
I was going to do a trailer, but I've been I've been down that road before. And you kind of to make a good trailer, you have to sort of shoot the film. So I kind of bit the bullet and said, well, I'll I'll take this snippet out and shoot the entire snippet and um, use that as a con proof of concept. Um, so the, the yeah the, all all of the things you mentioned like uh, Deadly Spawn, Killer Tomatoes, they're all in there. That's the shit I love. <laughs> no good reason, just because it's crazy, wacky nonsense. I mean, yeah, you, you, all you can eat the the premise of it. Trying to sell that to someone, you can't. It's just like what burrito. <laughs> so uh, yeah, everyone loves a burrito. It's true. It's true. Very true. <laughs> and being where we are, so we we're from Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta, Georgia. We're in the South in the United States, and uh, Mexican food is was just it's one of those things. You just it's on every street corner here. So we do very much. We take Taco Tuesday and Burrito Wednesdays very serious here. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a that religion. Is, <laughs> it is a religion here. I mean, I think it's great though, and it it definitely you know just kind of watching this. Um, it, it does. It has that vibe, and and. The film, I think, itself has a very unique shot-on-video aesthetic that personally resonates heavily with me. Uh, I'm a, a big. I'm doing it wrong. I love all sorts of different movies, but especially within trash cinema, like one of the one things that I love the most is the era of shot-on-video. I know there's something about the graininess of like the tape and just it. I don't know. It's we've had conversations in the past with people before where we talk about like how it almost has this feel like it's like you shouldn't be allowed to watch this movie. Like, yeah. this is so you shouldn't be allowed to watch this. And uh, I, I absolutely adore it. And so in the last decade, we've also seen something of a resurgence from filmmakers attempting their hand at trying to make grindhouse films, uh, you know, whether it's 70s films like, you know, Tarantino trying to make, you know, doing them with Robert Rodriguez for things like Grindhouse or, you know, there's a, just a whole slew of different directors who have attempted it as well. So asking the question, one thing I want to make abundantly clear is that not only did you nail the design, but you really highlighted the uneasiness of the VHS feel for the film. Like, I am a huge fan of this short. I think it's, it is just, it, it hits all the highs for me. Because like you, I am a huge fan of Deadly Spawn. I just one of my favorite movies. It's just so something about it just really gets me. But like <laughs> when you're creating a film like this, what steps go into really selling the vintage shot on video nuances that seem to, you know, and not to be an asshole, but to be lacking and probably in other better words uh, from some of the other contemporaries who are tempting their hands at the same thing. Yeah, it's tricky. I didn't, I didn't expect it to be so tricky. Yeah, it's kind of, but the what I did do, which was um, probably a godsend, and I recommend this to anyone as a secret tip here. So I actually might patent it. Um, uh, I shot, I had it with me. I mean, we had really good cameras because it was from work, you know, I stole them from work. <laughs> but the uh, what I did have was a, a shitty old VHS, and I shot that at the same time. Didn't use it, not VHS, deep mini DV. Didn't you? Well, did, did I use it? Might, yeah, I might have used it, but um, it gives you what you need. You know, they're crap. <laughs> the different, the thing is about mini DV was was digital, so that the um, it fucks up. It it's pixelates, which isn't as good as old VHS fucking up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you no, know, I'm old enough to remember that. 
quite vividly <laughs> sitting there trying to get the tracking on your video player to work oh god <laughs> so I, I think uh yeah but and i so i kind of knew what i was looking for stylistically in the sh sh in shooting of it um the dp was great you know and the guys i had that were helping me with the uh the lighting they were all great so everyone helps it's, um i don't know i, I Filmmaking is a funny thing because I, I had this little uh, idea where I wanted the green and red to appear quite a lot. Um, so I bought these little, little, only about um, three inches by two inches little lights, four of those, and they were constantly flashing green and red. Well, you can hardly see it, but I think even that kind of thing helps. You know, in yeah. The, yeah, it's the, it's the small things, it's the nuances. <laughs> yeah it has a little bit of like kind of like visual layering into the different shots yeah i like that have you seen the, have you seen the film liz yeah i have i watched it i thought it was brilliant i thought it was yeah. great <laughs> i'm glad you liked it thank you <laughs> of course oh that's i awesome. would be here if i hated it <laughs> <laughs> you can go yeah i'm like someone, some, some somebody's gotta hate it haven't they I no, that, not me. First edit, I fucking hated it. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So how? Okay. So I'm curious when you're going through like that, you know, in editing a film, and it, I mean, even I do it as well when I'm going through and editing just episodes for the podcast and like trying to make sure everything sounds right and has what I need where it is, and I'm fixing audio levels and I'm trying to figure that. Like, what is like? How long does it take normally? This was a 13 minute short film. Like, how long does it take to get this from your first day of filming to having it published, having it ready for release? It took a year, first day of filming. But uh, the annoying thing was, is uh, I wrote it, and I didn't write, I pulled it out of the script and rewrote it as a short um, a year prior to that. But bloody lockdown here. Mm. Pain in the ass. Yeah. Mm. So I was like, oh god. So we did some gorilla stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like yeah. that. So said, I, and I don't want to get you in trouble, but you did mention something I'm curious about. You said that you you took the cameras from your job. You went out. Obviously, we know now that you also gorilla did a little gorilla filmmaking. Like, so you're when you're compiling a cast, and there's in total. I've been trying to think off the top of my head. I literally just watched this again. So we have one, two, three, four, and then a voice. Five total people in film. Maybe six. Well, well yeah, there's loads. I know. I'm going to let you into a little <laughs> I mean, secret. cast wise, cast wise. Yeah, I'm going to let you into a little secret. I don't know if, I don't know if I've told anyone this. Oh, but, ooh, I love secrets. Gurdip, the uh, the character of Gurdip, was played by about six people. <laughs> <laughs> The original guy, the, the guy that gets eaten, that has all the special effects on, he's a special effects artist as well. He lives, he, um, he was in the UK when we shot that, obviously. Um, but after shooting that, there's such a gap between, the special effects took so long, and then lockdown and writing and things. Um, he gained a lot of weight and moved to New Orleans. So we lost him. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry, hold on. You said he moved to New Orleans. Yeah, yep. through a beard. <laughs> Jesus, did we? Did you? Was Everyone. Bennett Gurdip? So yeah, we have uh, <laughs> on our minisodes, 
we have Bennett, who's been on some of our episodes, one of our best friends. Uh, mm-hmm. Just actually just, well, he's always had a beard, but he just moved to New Orleans as well. Could be. Honestly, <laughs> well, this is, could be. A couple of years ago. Honestly, wouldn't be shocked. Nomad. Honestly, no. wouldn't be shocked if this was the same human mm-hmm. being at this point. Ben, yeah. if you're out there listening, this one's for you, bud. True. Now, he could well have played it. So many people played it. I, I think I was, I was Gerdip's hand at one point as well. Just hand that. Yeah. So it wasn't it, it's, it wasn't going to be long before we address the elephant in the room, which it, which we we've addressed so much at this point, which is your extensive <laughs> background in film. And as mentioned previously, you've worked on some of the biggest action films and blockbuster films in the last decade. So one of the questions I have, what lessons did you learn and even more so were able to implement on a smaller scale such as All You Can Eat? You know, you've been on set. You've been seeing films being made for decades now. Like, what what lessons did you take from those experiences that you used to put this together? Uh, I, I I treated it like a, a the most high end film that I've ever worked on. There's no difference in the way I shot it, and um, you know the everything takes time and production values. You can see them. I mean, I think you can. I think I can. And, you know, and the fact that the me, you know, I took an inter- the, the telephone where the answer machines or the, the telephone that's connected to the answer machine. There's a stack of like um, you're called like taxi cards, calling cards and things like that. And just knickknacks and things that are stuck in this little area where you pin it. And it took me an entire couple of days just to make the. Uh, the fake cards on that. So I think you just, yeah, attention to detail is, is the, probably the main thing I took from like the high end down to uh, the low end. (laughs) 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 But yeah. um, And just keep, if it takes two days to shoot it, take two days to shoot it. Don't worry about it. What's the rush? Make it fucking brilliant. Best you can. That's fair. That's a good point. And now I know we've talked about the lockdown being something that you've had to deal with, but I'm curious, what were some of the the other hurdles that you guys faced when putting this together? I mean, obviously we know we've lost Gerdip, that son of a bitch. Five times. (laughs) Five times. (laughs) Potentially even six. We don't know. Uh, There might even be more people out there. Like, what were some of the, like, you know, when you're putting together a film with, with a small cast, um, with a small crew, presumably as well, and you're also doing this in lockdown and you're trying to make something out of little, like what, what other kind of things did you face that, you know, some of our audience members right now, they're, you know, if they're doing the same thing you did, they're trying to put together, you know, their own short films, their own features. Like, what, what would you say, like, are some of the hurdles that you can show, like, say, this is what we did. This is what we face, and this is how we overcame it. Well, the, I mean, it is about just it's, it's so much in film is about just sticking at it and going for it. It's a crazy bloody industry. So, I mean, one of the little anecdotes that I've got about the, uh, the the problems we had in shooting is, like I say, we shot special effects before anything else because they took not all of them, but quite a lot of them took days and days and days, well, weeks, and um, I was. I then crewed up to just shoot the the rest of the film and and cast up to shoot the rest of the film, only to realise that the special effects 
or certain sequences in the special effects, there's foliage on the trees and bushes. And we'd gone into October by that time and there wasn't any. So nothing, nothing fucking matched. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh shit. It's got a, so you could do nothing but wait till spring. But you kind of have to sort of, and then you then you got the problem of like keeping people interested and, and kind of like, yeah, we are going to do this. We are going. You still there? Yeah, you still yeah, okay. You still up for it? Yeah, okay. There, I mean, it is there is so many hurdles, and the only advice I've got is just to keep going. Really, the thing is, um, I don't. I still don't quite know how the hell you. I got away with like convincing someone to do a burrito film <laughs> film about burritos. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I wish I had a wish I had a recording of what I was saying to them because it's like <laughs> you look back and you think, fucking hell, they're just gullible idiots. How do spend <laughs> it's all night shoots, you know, it's so we're yeah. into three o'clock in the morning in the back of these places and people were staying up to work on the film about burrito burritos <laughs> for free. <laughs> <laughs> So when you're when you're bringing a cast in for something like this, like what, how do you pitch it to someone to be like, hey, yes, please, join my movie about killer burritos? Like, how yeah, does yeah. a conversation like that happen? I don't really don't know. The thing is, I think the only thing I can think of is the fact that if you're confident, I kind of, I was confident in myself. I've got this. I mean, this. I, like you say, we're talking. You know, safe trash cinema. It's all about trash cinema. But trash cinema is lovely. It's gorgeous. It's got its own personality. Yes. And um, and I think any of the directors that shot those films, ha yeah, there are some fucking dogs, but uh, the <laughs> directors that shot those films, um, they had a kind of like belief in themselves. Mm -hmm. Even if it was a fake one where so the, the producer write Turkey, they still had a massive faith in their own abilities. And, so, and I think that spreads onto anyone that you're talking to. Hopefully you can kind of like spread that enthusiasm and they'll come along with you for the ride. <laughs> For minimum money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, I mean that's that's fair. That's fair. You what gotta am give I... them the old uh baseball coach talk, you know, like we're yeah. a team, we're gonna win state. They're like in fourth grade. We're gonna win it though, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, round them up. Yeah, yeah, I think it's I mean, if if you find people like me, which is something I always tell and anyone I talk to who is a filmmaker, I'm like, look, if you're ever in need of someone, you just need to like lop off a head on screen like same just i will fly out you just tell me when you need me to be there yeah just tell me how long it's been a dream of mine is just to get killed on screen once yeah just, me just too. one time me just too fucking in my life on screen not real life i've got other things i want to do like i said <laughs> i've got dogs i got to take care of so probably don't kill me live on screen but if you want to close <laughs> If you want to fake it, I will gladly just do it for free. So yeah. if, when this becomes a feature, just give me a ring. If you want to kill Excellent. me on screen, I'll fly out. I don't care. I'm doubling down on that. Me too. Yeah, read Until the small is on anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I have a problem with that. I don't read anything. No. Just like, <laughs> uh, words. Ugh. Yeah, no, man. As we all found out, I think, especially at the end of the pieces episode, Liz has about two brain cells. Sometimes. That's true. <laughs> they they rub up against each other. Yeah, and... sometimes they just kind of like dust past each other, and I'm like, oh my god, a thought. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Now, Karen, we've we've talked a lot about like your career in special effects, but I am curious. Something we haven't addressed is 
the actual job that you do with those special effects. And we know you work in, and then, and I, one thing I've learned is a lot of times when people are talking about special effects, it just is all kind of roped into one big umbrella. And they say like, Oh, well, if it's whatever it is on screen, like that, if that's a special effect, that is what this person does. But what I found out over the years, that is absolutely not the case. So when you're doing special effects and then in all you can eat, there's a lot of really good practical effects, a lot of gore, a lot of guts. There's there's acid spitting it's at one point. And it so I'm curious, like what did you specialize in when you were working like working on some of these bigger films? Like what what was like your specialty when doing special effects for a movie like Terminator and things like that? Well, term Terminator. So probably about uh, 15 years ago, the industry re industry really changed quite drastically for special effects. It, it, uh, I think it was around the time of Batman, first Christian Bale one. Um, health and safety got involved. Mm. Before that, it was, it was the Wild West. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and, um, I feel like it's I gotten worse since then. <laughs> Yeah. Not gonna name any names, but we all know about the Arizona incident. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. So um the uh I used to do uh when uh, okay, yeah, you kind of special effects used to be anything you fucking could do or wanted to do, you could have your hand at it. And that's kind of like that was the joy of it. It really was the joy. Um but Slowly but surely, you know, using pyrotechnics, you had to have specific licenses and so many years of experience and things like that, which, to be honest, was fine. I fucking hated it. I was doing this. Um, <laughs> have you ever seen a film called Red 2? Yes. <laughs> um, I don't think that I have. That was what uh, it was Bruce Willis. Um, fuck, what was the Evan Williams was in it, right? Evan Williams, not Evan Williams. Oh, honestly, what's, like what's, uh, what's the guy from Avengers whose name I'm forgetting, even though he's a massive uh, mega movie star? I can't remember, to be honest. Last name Williams? No, it's it's Chris something. Chris, Chris Evans. Evans. Chris Evans. I got the you, Evans do you mean, part, right? Do you mean Captain know, America that's directly behind maybe, 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 maybe he wasn't in two. He was in the first one, I think. Right. Nah, who cares? Okay. That guy can... He's not in trash cinema, so I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Nobody's hot, so he gets yeah. a pass. That's fair. He is, he's a beefy boy, that is for he sure. Is. <laughs> he wasn't there, it was just Baldy. Baldy. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Oh, so there's a sequence in that where there's a, a minigun sequence when they blow the, blow the hell out of this street, all the cars and the walls and everything in it. And um, back then it was individual explosives that you went in and you wired them up and you shunt you what they call shunted them. So you twisted the wires together until they're ready to be connected to the detonator uh, to the yeah to the detonator. And um, so I must have each one of these little squibs can blow your hand off. And uh, I put in probably about two thousand of them. And I was thinking oh. every every time you're doing it, every time you're doing it, you think well my the odds of it, the odds of my odds are getting less. <laughs> yeah, you're like, is this the one? No, yeah. is this the one? No. <laughs> so I, yeah, I was just saying, I kind of like didn't, I don't really miss the explosive side of it. it was, you think yourself, oh my god, yeah, leave it to the people who've got all the experience and all the yeah. kind of paperwork. So. 
so just i mean getting back to the question so just recently or after that i kind of moved away from and, and the industry moved me away from doing whatever the hell you liked and now i'm a designer so i sit in an office and i design stuff and i post it out or mail it out or email it out and then probably sometimes go out and check that it's working so yeah it's a bit less fun now Nah. Well, well what that sounds cool to me. It's <laughs> a lot better than I think probably what, what I do. Yeah. yeah. That's for damn yeah, sure. So is. I have a so you know, obviously that was dangerous as hell and probably terrifying. Probably especially around like the thousand mark is probably what no, would be <laughs> like, oh, fuck this shit. I'm gonna die here. Um, yeah. so I have to ask the question, obviously, is you've worked on a bunch of these movies and you've worked on a bunch of these movies in which you did have the luxury to just do whatever the hell you wanted to. So my question is, what was your favorite special effects sequence uh, that you did work on? Uh, do you guys know of uh, a comedians called Rick Mail and Adrian Edmondson? I English don't comedian. think I do. Do you know of a, of a TV series called The Young Ones? Yes, I do know that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the two it's two guys out of that. And they did this thing called Bottom as well. They're worth checking out. They're fucking funny. Okay. But um, they did a film. They've never done films. mostly TV. They did a film called Guest House Paradiso. And uh, not only was it fucking funny to work on, because they're just nuts. But <laughs> my, my was, I, was, I was, part of my job was uh, vomit. Oh. So no, it wasn't just a bit of vomit. It was fucking bucket loads. Of vomit. <laughs> yeah, and it was, but the thing is, it was kind of day glow green. And even though it didn't really look like vomit and it's day glow green, and there were just tons of it. I remember sweeping it with a big squeegee across the floor of the stage. And because I, because it was supposed to be vomit, it made me kind of go. Ugh. <laughs> So what was but it? Okay, really can I ask? Good at your job. Sorry, I'm gonna ask how the sausage is made, or in this case, how was the vomit made? Yeah, because I know we know with Exorcist they use pea soup for the yeah, infamous yeah. vomit scene there. How yeah. did you make this vomit? I can't remember. It wasn't. It was. It was ridiculous. If you see the film, which is worth seeing, it's very, very obviously fake. It's just comedy. <laughs> uh, there's no kind of like, yeah, they weren't trying I think to. that's what makes it good. Like, so I think that like special effects and like comedy movies like that, where it's like purposefully bad is kind yeah. of like that little like underlying punchline where you have to be like, I <laughs> see what you're doing, you know? <laughs> you know there was actually... That. One of my favorite anecdotes from a story was there's apparently a scene cut from Animal House in which all the frat guys uh, apparently throw they throw a huge bonfire at one point and there was a scene in the film where they throw this huge bonfire and then they put the bonfire out by everyone throwing up on the fire. Really? Yeah, so this was a scene. I don't know if it was ever actually shot, but apparently it was like it was like all of these people were just like, and they were using like so much fake vomit to try to put this huge bonfire out. <laughs> I'm like, it's kind of a bummer. And then I think Monty Python ended up doing something not similar, but they were like one of the first ones that did like the excessive vomiting in a film. He's where he's got the menu, he's like eating food at the restaurant, he's got the menu, and he's just like vomit, like it's just <laughs> like gallons of the stuff just like sh shooting out and there's like big fat guy and he's like shooting all over the menu and just all, all over the place i honestly like i feel like 
I think I now have a new dream. Yeah. <laughs> you want to on screen? No, I mean, if I oh. say that, like, I know that, that someone's going to be out there listening. I know the exact person, and they're going to call me once this episode goes live. And yeah. I probably should edit this out right now, because what they're going to do is they're gonna call me, and they're going to be like, I fucking told you. I fucking told you. You rewatched Regurgitated Sacrifice <laughs> one time, and all of a sudden now I'm known as the dude who has a movie that's got vomit in it and a lot of it. Like, I guess if you're the movie's called Regurgitated Sacrifice, that's probably going to happen. But yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is going off rails. So, so if you're the person that's gonna call Cayman, you better call him. <laughs> oh, they trust me, they fucking will. I'm so, reading between the lines here. Yeah. <laughs> no, so we've gone through this, we've talked about vomit now, and I feel like this is a perfect segue. Um now the, the one thing that really stood out to me during my multiple watch throughs, which there have been, of all you can eat. Which I still think we should change the title to All You Can Eat, A Toxic Burrito Love Story. I feel like we can squeeze a love story in there. I'm just saying, look, please don't change anything for me. I'm ruining a lot of shit, so don't do it for me. But one thing that stood out during my watch throughs was the attention to detail surrounding the actual gore effects. Which I would like to add are plentiful. Yeah, they're great. And they're fucking amazing. Yeah, um, I love gore. You know, dare I say I'm a gore whore? <laughs> you dared and you did. I did. So I want to ask there's some there's some awesome outstanding uses of practical effects, as well as some slight yet not incredibly noticeable CGI effects. When working on a film like this, how do you know where to draw the line between not enough and too much? Because I do feel like there there probably is like one the line of like we need more for people like me and Liz. But then there's also the line where it's like, okay, now this becomes unreasonable to actually try to accomplish in real time. So like, how do you know like where that line is and how do you draw that line? I don't know, to be honest, the, the it was, it was always a worry. Um, but I think it, I think when you're a seasoned gore whore like myself, Liz, then, uh, <laughs> then, uh, hey. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for, I mean, I've watched uh, some trash them as my favourite. So I've watched some shit over the years. And I know you can watch films and you go, mm, I should have cut there because now it's shit. Yeah. <laughs> or, and a lot of the time you kind of go, what the fuck was that? And that's kind of the best stuff when it's really just subtle. And uh, so I was kind of very conscious about that and the way it was all cut together. Um, what I will say, which is a kind of like... Uh, also that struck me as kind of like, oh, fucking this is weird something unexpected was um well i there's a lot of people from the industry professional creature effects people helping me out on this which is you know ultimately they just brilliant did a brilliant job i didn't do the special effects myself or did some of them but not all of them yeah i thought it was and, great um, and but what i did find out that i was going back to them going it's too good we are making like fucking faux 80s here we needed to look more 80s so we had to knock it back and oh, that, um, wow. yeah they i mean they didn't need to, the, the arm the arm the guy called yeah. dan robinson did the arm i was not expecting that it's fucking <laughs> beautiful yeah. it is so good he came up with it and i went jesus christ he didn't <laughs> shit. i was expecting like you know i, I don't know it 
I think it worked really well and it sold the gag, but I was expecting that bit to be kind of like, well, oh, was that a fake arm? <laughs> but you, it's so good. You don't really get that. So, yeah. I, yeah, I think one of my favorite shots of the film and this one in particular was very like reminding me a lot of deadly spawn was when they're attacking our protagonist, the waitress who correct me if I'm wrong. Character's name is Nola. Yeah. Yes. I got her. <laughs> See, look at me with a brain that remembers things. <laughs> You've seen it. Lord. It's fucking, <laughs> hey, trust it. Look, man, my brain is melted by this point. <laughs> and I'm, I'm already one beer deep, boys. Uh, so, you know. Uh, but there's my favorite scene is when she stumbles across. She comes up. She's yelling. She walks up. She sees the dead body. Fantastic like, scream. Let me interrupt. Oh, yeah. Almost treading scream queen territory. I was like, ma'am, this is She's fantastic. Got, girl's oh, got awesome. some lungs. Yeah, it was man. great. She's got some pipes. Yeah, dude. She can, I bet she can swim. <laughs> Just like to hold her breath for hours, probably with yeah, that scream. Great. So either way, so she stumbles across the body. She starts backing away, and then all of a sudden, here comes the the they're like creepy crawly almost like worms oh, as they're, they're coming so across the lawn these burritos with their big gnarly teeth and there's you know obviously there's at this point that they've already shot acid so her arms melting and that's, that's just so beautiful stuff and it just i love this scene of them like the the squish crawl like the almost cartoonish right where I it's like too. the stomach comes up like it, it peaks and then it drops and then it's they're like that's Harmon. how Yes. Yeah, it's so Thank good. Thank you, Liz. I, <laughs> that scene to me is there was something about it. I when I first watched it, man, I, I like care. I I I know I'm like just singing praise here, uh, to the point that it might be sickening or nauseating. <laughs> oh, but uh Jesus fucking Christ, dude. That scene I was just in love. Yeah, me too. With that was my it. favorite scene. Well, because like i i love the practical effects i love the 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 creature effects and i think that's something that like a lot of modern movies today would just skip entirely and be like no because this takes money and, and and i think one thing that i think is worth noting is that like practical effects for the most part they're not i mean they're they're starting to make a slight resurgence to a degree but like at a certain point, it's almost like a lot of these like ancient pottery techniques. Like once they're done and the last person dies off, no one will know how to do this again. <laughs> no, I agree. And, and so being able to do that in like with such perfection and like really nailing like that, there's like a fine line between like when you know it's like, okay, this is too cheesy or that like, this is, you know, whatever it is at this point, but like nailing that fine line of, of what we see on screen, it's just so fucking awesome. And, um, I, I just, I love it. And I'm, I'm, you know, you've got people who are doing this. Like, do you, do you think that, that we're going to get to a point where a lot of this stuff, because most people at this point, I feel like would just CGI it in. They're just going to throw in CGI little burritos crawling <laughs> across the screen. <laughs> So, like, do you think that this is something that will happen? Or do you think that there are still people who are fighting to keep the spirit alive for practical effects? No, there are. Definitely. You guys are. I mean, yeah, but I can't do it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can. Yeah, you can. You can, do, you, can, you can find a gag or way of doing something 
Do you have There's, a basement or an attic I can live in and just study? With everyone else. He's asking if you want a son. Yes, that is what I'm asking right a 30 now. Thirty-year-old son. I do. Thirty-two to be exact. But yes, I, I was, am asking. I was giving you yeah, a break, come man. Come on. Right, no, I think it's. But I think it's. I <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. I think it's. <laughs> it's just fantastic though. Like I, like I do. I just I really love it, and and um still being able to capture that is just thank you if i can say anything <laughs> yeah. it really is it is just thank you like there is a there's one little thing i don't know it's a question for you guys to be honest because uh, oh. i've never asked anyone this um there's and we're on the subject the uh i spent probably fucking far too long more than as healthy um building cloud tanks do you know what a cloud tank is do not. Like a fog machine? No. Oh. So uh, uh, if you look at something like Raiders of the Lost Ark or E.T. or something like that, you, there's a screen where, or Ghostbusters, where there's, a, there's a, uh, like an establisher of a building or a town or something, there'll be a weird cloud going on in, in the sky. And uh, that always used to be what they okay. built. Um, they did that with a cloud tank mm -hmm. method. And it's a it's a glass tank that you spend, like I say, far too fucking long making the <laughs> water. You boil salt away in water so the salts disappear. So there's a density of the water. Then you slowly pour on fresh water on top. So it sits on top of it because the density of the salt water won't allow it to drop. And then you get a fluid that you pipe in and slowly push it in to the to the gap and it pushes a gap between and makes a cloud kind of effect you didn't see it in the film it's in, it's in have a look watch it again and you'll see if you can see it because that took me months nobody's ever seen it so but, i'll tell you a trick of my trade for this interview i watched the film yesterday one time and i had as soon as i finished it i was like i'm going to get through this interview and i'm going to watch it again <laughs> For the there second time, I'm always way more observant the second time I watch anything. Um, <laughs> and I'm like kind of knowing like the man behind the curtain. I think I'm going to really get more than my very first watch. So I'll my own like investigative hat will be on, but I'll also <laughs> have a little bit trick of the trade. So I have to let you know. Yeah, no, I'll be looking out for that cloud. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I won't tell you exactly where it is then. See if you can yeah, find it. Yeah, don't. Yeah. <laughs> I think I have a sneaking suspicion, but I'm going to hold it in because I don't want to ruin it for the audience because well, I want to call the audience in to, to do that. We will tell you how you can watch the movie at the end of this episode, but we still so have true. a couple more, couple more questions to get through before we get to that point. Mm -hmm. Because now, and this is very, this is very particular. So we're going to tread into some spoiler territory here. And um, for our audience, there will be a link in the description of this episode that is going to take you to the short. So if you want to experience it firsthand, you've heard us talk about it. You've heard, you know, like, what, what are these creeping burritos? Well, guess what? Go fucking watch it because it's brilliant. I've already yes. told you that. So go to the <laughs> description and check that out right now. So pause the episode. If you're driving down the interstate, you're going 80 miles an hour down the interstate. <laughs> just, just pull over in the middle or just stop in the middle of the road. Like the guy did on my way to work the other day, 
Just stop in the middle of the road. Just leave or, your car there. If you live in Atlanta, you're already in traffic. Sure. So you can just watch the movie and not watch move because yeah. that's how that works. Yeah. yeah so, 85 sucks. Anyways. Once again, the link is in the description. The warning has been posted. Stop the episode. Come back when you're done. Start it back up because I have questions. Lots of questions. Well, not tons of questions. We got questions though. So. For those of you, audience-wise, who've experienced it already, you've gotten the glorious bloodbath that is all you can eat, and you have experienced the post credit scene. This is for you. The film ends with a mysterious stranger digging through the bloody remains of our protagonist. We don't see die on screen, which I think was very clever, very smart, and I love how it sets mm-hmm. up the post credit scene. Okay, so she... There's a mysterious tattooed hand. It reaches into a pocket, which I love that shot. And I'm curious how you did it. So I'm, I want to know. But <laughs> so actually, no, fuck it. Why don't you tell me how you pulled that off? Because that was really <laughs> fucking cool. <laughs> then I'll ask the other question. Uh, that's a um, just a special lens. Again, stolen. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I can't. I, I want to like. I'm like. like that. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the story to come out where it's like, and now, uh, you know, BBC comes out. And they're, like, they're like, we've arrested Kieran Reed because he, he robbed a bank to fund a short film about mutant toxic burritos. Uh, <laughs> so specialist. Okay, change. So, org to free so, him. Yeah, please. I will do it. I will start a GoFundMe page. Yes. So okay. So special lens. Did you like build like a pocket around it, or was it like a almost like a Go like with like a GoPro? Like how how did you do that? Because that's just I get the and you know the thing is is we you see things are somewhat similar from time to time where you see like different shots. They're like, oh, that's really cool. I wonder how they did that. Well, you you don't always have the luxury to ask someone face to face how they did. (laughs) But now we yeah, do. No, it, was, it was a purpose-built pocket, and uh, a very special lens. Yeah, which uh, and it's it's a low. It was more complicated than that. Obviously, I'm just going. Obviously, so it's like just like a huge oversized pocket. Did you make a really no. big cassette for it? No, it's a standard size pocket, but a special one. Not sort of laying down. But um, <laughs> this special lens is kind of like for for micro like photography. And it's really shit in the light. So I had to really kind of... Do you know, there's another thing in that fucking shot which you can't see as well, which is the fact that the background is... Uh, you know, I was, I was playing with... You know, you hear it like the Mandalorian. They talk about they shot it all in the volume. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I got a volume for the background of that. And it's like... I begged and borrowed and stole that as well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Spent hours working on this thing, trying to get it to like be right and not flicker and shit when I shot it and stuff like that, and to link up, sync up. Have you seen it? No. <laughs> can you see it in there? I fucking I can. I can hardly see. I know it's there, but the background's hey, evolved. Second watch through. It's in my. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always. It's you know. It's interesting you say that. There's there's a lot of times when we release episodes that like there there's one episode in particular we did. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was Star Crash, which oh, is cool. a fucking wild ride. David David Hasselhoff. It was like one of his oh, first movies. Wrong. It's gorgeous. Um, amazing. 
And the thing is, what no one realizes when you listen to it, the last five minutes of that episode, or no, more than that, probably the last 10 minutes, my audio was completely fucked. Like you could, like, it was so garbled. And there was something that was wrong with, with my mic or something. So I went back in and re-recorded myself just guessing what I'm saying at that time and like reacting to the two people on the episode with me. And I'm like reacting to them. Like I normally probably might have, <laughs> I don't know. I can't hear. I'm like, I, I can't like write down what I'm saying because like, I have no fucking idea. So I released the episode. I don't tell anyone. And uh, I'm like, what'd you think of the episode? They're like, Oh, it's fine. Or it's good. You know, whatever they're saying, I probably, it's just like, fuck, why are you still doing this? Uh, that's <laughs> what I'm what I probably would say. Um, but they, they, you know, so, but I'm like, yeah, what do you think about the, like the last, the last portion? They're like, I mean, it was, yeah, it was why? And I'm like, cause I like re-recorded the entire thing. But the thing is I go back and listen to it and I'm like, I can tell. Oh yeah. That there is something not right here. And, uh, it is interesting when you're in that seat and you're, you're dissecting your own stuff. And I, that's something I like, I tried to do is when we were do any episode, I always listen to it again and be like, how can I get better? What mm -hmm. can I do differently? How can I make this sound better? How can I make this flow better? You know, whatever the reasons are, I always listen back. Uh, also it inflates the numbers at least by one down one listen, um, <laughs> which, you know, <laughs> I get cheating the system. Cheating the yeah. system. That one extra one is going to be the one that breaks through, brother. Uh, Watch on the work here as well. <laughs> the second number. So you know, and so it's it's fun. Like it's, that's that's interesting though, because like a lot of the stuff that you've mentioned so far, like Liz and I. I mean, and I've watched it multiple times. Ah, I, I haven't noticed anything. So like, it's it's cool to see someone else being able to say like, yes, like when I watch it, I can still see. And I think as a creator, like that's so that's a good eye to have. Which brings me obviously to the question that we were starting off with, but we obviously got derailed once again because this is what I'm really branching. good at. <laughs> that's true. We have the we have the mysterious stranger. He's digging in the pocket of the bloody remains of our protagonist, and he pulls out a cassette tape. Now, we know when you watch the film, obviously, that the cassette tape has a lot of information on it. However, we don't know who this person is. Obviously, there's a reason why. This is the big mystery. It's the cliffhanger. It's like when you see Chan Thanos' ball sack chin at the end of Avengers, right? You know, you're, you're like, oh, yeah, what's like, that? that guy? Yeah. yeah, or if you're me, who's just a huge fucking nerd, you're just like, hey, that's Thanos' ball sack chin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what I want to ask, what can you tell us about that scene? And even more so, what is the future? Of all you can eat. Uh, the 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 that character is is uh, is absolutely crucial to the feature script. Absolutely main. Well, one so it's three main characters, and he's the main protagonist. Um, so I, I I can probably tell you off air. But I don't want to turn. Don't. I'm, yeah. I'm worried about kind of this feat talking about a feature script just yet because it's nobody's seen or heard anything. I think there's been one or two people who helped me write it. Um, 
but yeah, all I can say is he's a fucking nasty character. And um, oh, oh, you're talking to two too. nasty people right now. Yeah, so. Nasty boys. <laughs> <laughs> he's, and, and that's you know that's him just just picking through. Oh, a court. That just gave me so much excitement. <laughs> so well, yeah, let's let's get it. Let's do, you know, well, when you let me kind of blag on about what I want to do next. We need to raise 1.5 million. Then let's make it, guys. I don't have that in my pocket. I can give you 10. <laughs> we talking we USD help. or pounds? We can spread the good word. We can we can do what we can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's not... exciting though. That's so yeah. okay. So we know we know that we're working on a feature, and we know that this this is a cut from it, which I think is really clever. I did too. Uh, one of the first interviews I did was John Campopiano, who. He does a lot of uh, docu. He's like a documentary person. He does. He's a film historian, and uh, he released a film called Snapper: The Man Eating Turtle, the film that never got made. And what they did was they actually, as we discussed earlier, they built a trailer to try to pitch the trailer because that's how it used to work, right? You would, if you wanted to try, you would send your film off, and it would just be like a trailer. Like here's a a concept and like what you can do. And unfortunately for that film, um, never got past being just a trailer and it's the trailer is fantastic. And, uh, definitely recommend going back and listening to that episode if you haven't, uh, but obviously, you know, go watch. He's got the full documentary out. You can go watch it. It's, it's amazing. So you decided to forgo that and go with almost a, like a self-contained version where you pulled us, you know, a segment from it from a feature length script, which is honestly really fucking cool to me. I think um, so too. <laughs> so like, you know, you've, you've got the feature, you've, it's written up, it's ready to go. You've got the scene shot. So I'm curious if, and not if no ifs here, when, <laughs> when we get the funding and you're ready to roll, do you reshoot this whole segment? Do Boy, you I... do you include it? Do you what? Like, how does this work now? Like, what is no, what is the plan for you to do that? Sadly, it has to be reshot. You can't really. I mean, that's no, you, fair. You yeah. don't tell you don't tell the people worked on it. <laughs> I will make oh, sure that they're blacklisted from this. Yeah, in the feature film as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say bring the bring bring Nola back because, like we said, girls got looks. Scream queen, mm-hmm. scream yeah. queen, right there. Yeah, I thought she was great. She had that good sassy attitude. Yeah, she was great. <laughs> so what's so what's next for you in terms of all you can eat? Obviously, we're working on a screech. You're working on a feature, working on trying to get funding, working on trying to make this a reality, and I definitely think that that it has legs for sure. So what is it that you can do or what is it you want to do to try to make this happen? Like what is the next steps for something like this? I need um, your guys help because I'm fucking awful at social media and the world is social media these days. It is. Yeah. So um, I end up getting angry and going, fuck that. (laughs) Um, But um, I need to I need to get more sort of bums on seats to watch all you can eat first off, really. It really does need that first. You can walk into anywhere and go, I want to get some funding for this. And they go, Well, what else you done? And the more if if 
if it happened where they went, oh, oh, you did all you can eat, then all of a sudden shit happens. Mm-hmm. But if no one's seen it, you know, that's never going to happen. So the more it can be put out there. I, 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 I like the film. You know, it's kind of one of those things where you kind of always look at it and see, so go, ah, we should have done that differently. But yeah, I think all right. Um, and I'm willing to give it to anyone to play anywhere and watch. You know, a festival got hold of me today and said, "Can we have it? Can we have another one?" And yeah, of course you can. Play it's in Arizona somewhere in October. Oh, nice. So yeah, they if anyone wants to get hold and play at their festival, just get in touch. So. <laughs> That's the first stage. Is is just get get that out there, and then uh, what I'm going to do next now. When I was talking to you about this guy at the end of All You Can Eat, um, mm-hmm. we shot more stuff around him, um, and he I and it's great, and we've got some more special effects stuff, which all of it didn't fit into No All You Can Eat because I don't know just didn't work on timing or pacing or whatever yeah um or the story kind of veered off and we changed the story at some point um so i might go i might do another short which um is in my head it's getting quite getting quite horrible i'm thinking um i'm thinking tacos like you say this yeah. time. <laughs> um, i'm just saying if you need two people <laughs> to lop yeah. their heads off. I got off. a passport. I'll, 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 I'll pay to make my head fly off screen. I'll do it. Yeah. I'll cover that cost. Yeah. That's exactly I, what I mean. um, <laughs> Speaking of, I do just want to, um, I know we're doing a lot of um, pumping your head up here. So I want to um, do that more. Um, I did think, <laughs> um, I think that when it comes to short films, like there's, there can be a pacing issue where shit is dragging along. And then in the last like five minutes, like everything's thrown at you and you're like, Oh, you know, or where it's just so much shit where it doesn't really make sense. Or it's just so jam packed with information where you're like, some of it kind of gets lost. I really did think that the pacing of this, like 13 minutes is not very long. Um, but I felt like, it, it did not feel like 13 minutes to me. It felt like it was much longer and also much shorter because yeah. the pacing was so great in it. And I, I felt like I watched an entire movie in 13 minutes. I thought it was, I thought it was, the pacing was fantastic. Oh, thanks Liz. That's good of to course. know. I mean, that's, yeah. that, that is obviously a lot. You kind of storyboard. You have to kind of bullshit. Like any movie's going to have, the bullshit part of it that's that's any fluff (laughs) and i felt like it was the right amount and it it just i thought it was great really excellent thank you that's good of course yeah it's good it's good that you enjoyed it that's what it's about Mm -hmm. i mean um, you say it's would you say it's trash enough for you guys yes oh yeah that's what i was going to talk about earlier too i think trash trash cinema is such to me a delicate kind of sub genre because there is such a fine line of it being good and it being bad and i've talked about this before when me and came and did um a trash talk on elevated horror so like a24 movies and jordan peele movies and stuff like that um and one thing that i talked about on that episode was trash cinema has such a fine line where you're like this was so bad but i had a lot of fun 
or this was so bad. I hated every square inch of it. And there is really that delicate kind of hair fine line where shit can get lost very quickly and shit goes south twice as fast. So I think that it has the right amount of trash elements in it to where it's done perfectly right and now knowing with the special effects when you got them back you're like that's way too fucking good i need you to dial it back it's way (laughs) too good like to me like that makes me appreciate it more because i'm like i under i appreciate that you kind of have that eye for knowing what kind of fits in this sub genre and what's going to be great and what's going to be like "Mm," you know that was great but it was like a little too high caliber for what we're working with here i thought it was i that's my funnest fact of today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's. I think it. The. It, 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 the. I. I. I call it production design. I think it's something you really have to pay attention to. Yeah. Because it's encompassing kind of like what you see on screen. It's, it's a visual medium, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But yeah, the um. The. The the pacing of it was was really tricky. I, you, well, you can storyboard as hell out of it if, well, at yeah. the beginning. It did. You know, I had a fucking year because of lockdown. Yeah. So I got something. And uh, yeah, and uh, set your shots up and set your shot lists up. And But like I said to you earlier, once you, you can and you can shoot it, like, it, this is a storyboard. Shoot that and don't fucking deviate. Or you can kind of, like, shoot some stuff, extra curriculum off of the storyboards. Either way, it's not till you get in the edit and you go, holy shit. I said to you earlier, like the first edit, I went, fucking hell. <laughs> what have I got in there? Nearly gave yeah. up. Well, I think I found, I found out since that most people do that. So it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it is like the age old saying of like, you are your worst critic. Like anything that I put out, I'll go back and watch. And I'm like. <laughs> Why? Why? Yeah, why? What am I? What am I doing here? Like, <laughs> this that is so good. dumb. And then I'll have someone like text me or like message me on some sort of social media and be like, "That was so great." And I'm like, "Wow, you really think so?" <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was the worst thing I've ever done. Oh, <laughs> that thing—that was nothing. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, just right off the dome for me. Yeah, no, it's it's some. Yeah, I I think you guys summed that up pretty well. And I think it's time to move on to the final question. The final question we ask all of our our guests when we bring them on for some stuff like this. And the question is, if you had to choose one film from the trash cinema genre to save, what would it be and why? I am, um, like I said, I've watched trash shit for most of my life, and I love it all. And I don't think there's I, again. I don't think I could pick and pick one in particular. I mean, when you said that in the email, I thought, oh shit. I mean, I've got Lucio Fulci stuff, and I've got Daragente stuff, and I've got Frank Henelotta stuff, and I've got like you name it. And I love them all for various different reasons. And um, I love pieces when you're doing that pieces thing. I was like, oh, shit, they're doing a pieces piece. <laughs> so I had to tune into that right away. The Star Crash, like you said, when I didn't know you did that one, so I found that one out. That's a brilliant film. But so when you said that, I was like, oh, okay. 
Um, actually, talking about Star Crash, one of the films one of the films I thought about saying was um, we've seen Galaxy of Terror. Yes, that's a brilliant film. Just well, such a weird, weird movie. Mm, <laughs> love them weird. Excellent. And the the one thing I went, oh, this is absolutely awesome. And if it, if that was the one I was going to save, it's saved because Joni from Happy Days gets eaten. Brilliant. Do you remember Happy? <laughs> oh, yeah. God. It's <laughs> Galaxy of Terror is one of those fun ones. And honestly, when we were so last a little bit, how the sausage is made here. Uh, when we were doing like the roundup, because I was trying to pull a bunch of movies together, be like, what are we going to do for the next episode? How is this going to look? Galaxy of Terror actually popped up as like one of the options. I was like, it's got a, it's got a, a lot of nudity. Oh, for last <laughs> it's, week? It's, yep, it's got a, okay. a bunch of a bunch of really fun creature effects, and it's just a weird fucking movie. Uh-huh. And uh, it's one of the like I agree with you. It is it's one of those that like when you watch it, you don't forget about it uh-huh. on the slightest. It is so bizarre, uh-huh. and uh, it's what I love when we ask guests this question: is everyone brings something different to the table? We've had House by the Cemetery. We've had uh-huh. um, what was the other one? We had um, fuck uh, Terror Vision was one. I think Brain Dead was another. Um, yeah, what was some of the uh, like uh, uh, Asia Alexandra Alexandra Asia's um, the movie that is escaping my brain at this moment? <laughs> it was based on it was literally almost like a shot for shot off of a Dean Koontz book. But like everyone brings something different. Everyone finds something fun that they find in trash cinema, and I think that you really summed up in this interview like what trash cinema is and what trash cinema means, and. I think all you can need is a great example of that where it brings something to the table. That's just so weird and so out there that like a normal big blockbuster feature is just going to look at it and be like, absolutely not. Why would we do this? (laughs) But like those movies have so much heart and they have so much creativity and they just do stuff that like you really don't see anymore. And that's, I think, like, why we do what we do and, like, why yeah. we save these movies is because, you know, if you're watching Full Cheese House by the Cemetery, you're watching Argento's, you know, whatever fucking Argento movie you want to watch. For me personally, it's it's uh, Four Flies on Blue, on Grey Velvet. You know, that's my personal favorite Argento film. Or you're, you're looking at, you know, Bava's Demons, I think, is another perfect example of just, like, these movies are so weird and they're so out there and they just do something but there's there's a passion behind it and you can see that in all you can eat there's a passion there's a creativity there's like a love there of this genre and it you feel it when you watch it and i i think that we need more of that in in our films today and yeah, i think that it. is something definitely lacking and so that's i'm glad that we were able to bring you on to talk about the film to talk about your your history, your love of film, your love of these types of movies. And I, I'm just thankful and I'm happy for it. And now I want to ask you, this is not the final, I guess this technically is the final question, but (laughs) this is your moment to shine. This is your moment to tell the people listening at home, listening in their car, listening wherever the fuck they are, hopefully doing something productive with their lives or not. I don't, you know, I hope you're not. 
Yeah, I rarely <laughs> do anything productive. But where can they find all you can eat right now? It's on the film's website. It's uh, it's available for everyone to watch. It's still doing, like I say, it, uh, anyone that gets in touch and says, "Can I have it on the festival?" Yeah. So it's still doing the festival, and as far as that's concerned, I'm not actively hunting it out to put on festivals anymore because it's had a year, did really well. Um, but so go to the website, which is there you go, www.flyingeyeball.co.uk forward slash AYCE. And then have a route round, you'll find the film, the trailer. I had to do a second cut um, for the online world because no one sits through credits <laughs> so, <laughs> post credit scenes before the credits now that's the only difference the theatrical both are on there so if you want to sit through the credits then i thought the credits we didn't even talk about this i thought the credits were so smart of <laughs> it being like a diner menu and it being like oh here's what's on the menu and here's your <laughs> dessert and it being like everyone that worked in post i thought it was so smart and i've never seen a movie do that before i thought it was insane i loved it also the theme song too yeah it was brilliant great. and <laughs> we're not done pumping your head up okay yeah. <laughs> i'm not gonna sleep tonight <laughs> well good news i'm also like i said before it will be included in the description on this episode we will be plugging it on socials as well so if you can't find it in the description, you can find it on socials. Um, we absolutely adore the film. We want everyone to be able to go and experience it. Like we said, it's it's on the website. You got the description. You got the link. You got everything. So go, please, watch the movie. And if you've enjoyed the show, please rate, review, share the hell out of it with your friends, loved ones, and worst of enemies. Honestly, word of mouth is key here. and We aren't beggars. Also, fuck Keith. Fuck him. Fuck that guy. If you're interested in video games, check out our sister podcast, the Spotlight Games Podcast, all of your favorite streaming services. We also stream live every Tuesday on Twitch at 8 p.m. Eastern, so join us live there. The boys are also covering the latest season of Secession over at Spotlight TV, so head on over and give that a listen if you like shitty television shows for people who can still somehow stomach the idea of rooting for billionaires being terrible human beings. In the meantime, you can follow me at The Dumpster Boy. Liz, you are on Twitch. You are streaming. Yes. You are currently yes. doing a horror game that is spooky, spooky. Yep. 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 So yep. tell the people at home where they can find you too. I stream live every Monday right now at um, 8 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash McLean with it. That's one singular C, not doubles. Um, this Monday, I have another horror game uh, planned. It's called Demonologist, and I will piss my pants. So. Love the VOD will be live. <laughs> um, I'm also on Instagram at McLean with it 2014 and on Twitter with just McLean with it. <sighs> now, Kieran, where can they find uh, all you can eat on socials? Because we know that you're still on socials. Yeah, it is just I kind of like I say I'm awful at it. And uh, I I don't know. Um, I don't know how you can you tell me because I don't know how you say social links. What are they? <laughs> it would just be like the at so if you had an instagram page and i'm just assuming the instagram page would be at all you can eat um but i could be wrong or it might be flying eyeball okay let me have a look i've got 
Right, let me have a look, see if I can tell you what I am. Okay. Uh, okay, so it looks like that's me on Instagram. It's toxic burrito underscore A Y C E. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I we love, love it. an ice. Yeah. Well, go yeah. on over, give <laughs> give Kieran a follow, and once again, check out his work. In the meantime, you can follow uh, our sister podcast, Spotlight Games Pod on Twitter and Spotlight Games Pod on Instagram, as well as Spotlight TV on Instagram and Twitter. And remember, fight big box office, save trash cinema. Yee! <laughs>